Welcome to another episode of Civic Cypher. I am your host, Ramses Ja. I go by the name Q Ward, except if my mom is upset mm. and then she calls me Quinton, mm. like with the extra emphasis on the O. <laughs> and that's when you know it's, you know you it's know real. real. You got to listen up. Yes, sir. I ain't mad at that. Well, listen up. We are back up in you one more game. Uh, going to talk to you today about some really important stuff. Um, so brace yourself. It's good, but it's important which means that it's also kind of heavy. We're going to spend some time talking about suicide in the black community. Uh, this This is what we do. And you're listening because you care or this is something that might be personal. These issues might be personal to you or maybe you care about the well-being of black people or brown people or whatever has brought you to the table. And so we appreciate you. Uh, locking in with us when it gets a little heavy um so yeah we're gonna spend a little time talking about the increase in suicide rates among black people which for those that don't know is very much an alarming thing to hear because black people aren't typically associated with suicide um, in this way so to have some meaningful uh increase is definitely something that's up our alley again we have to talk about it indeed um, we're also going to spend some time talking about some of the ways that the man gets you, you know, the police, the good old man. Yeah. So um, it's important for us to inform our communities so that we know what we're up against and can better navigate the waters that are beset on all sides uh, with respect to our paths. And so um, those and other things are things we want you to stick around for. But, you know, we'd like to start off on a positive note around here. So Q, with your permission, can we do some uh, Ebony Excellence? Indeed, we can. All right. Um, You want to take this one? Our Ebony Excellence presented to you today by Hip Hop Weekly. Mm. One time. Ooh-wee. For your mind. That's a sponsor for you. Uh, Jay-Z and Fanatics, Inc., have joined investors including Lil Baby, Maverick Carter, and Meek Mill to buy throwback sports apparel designer Mitchell and S for a quarter of a billion dollars Ramble now, According to the Wall Street Journal, Fanatic CEO Michael Rubin was especially excited to purchase the Philadelphia-based brand, which joins his collection of local businesses, including part of the NBA's Philadelphia 76ers. There it goes. Uh, growing up as a kid in Philadelphia, we looked at Mitchell and S as a badge of pride And I truly believe this legendary brand has no limits, he said. Fanatics will own 75% of Michelin Ness, while in the investing group, which includes the family of TikTok star, and make sure I'm saying this right, Charlie D'Amelio, I think that's right, will own the rest. Michelin Ness is best known for designing and retailing the throwback jerseys that were so popular during the early 2000s. I think every person we knew had one or wanted one. And I still got a couple. <laughs> but it was expensive. Yes, indeed. Uh, and have since made a resurgence. Most recently, the brand collaborated with J. Cole's Dreamers imprint to produce a series of custom NBA throwbacks bearing the Dreamer logo in place of the original team's logos. Uh, ironically, Jay-Z now co-owns the creator of jerseys he once famously threw under the bus and what more can i say in 2004 and jay-z made us stop wearing throwbacks and button up i think after we spent all that money all of our money i didn't throw mine away that's still in the closet like i said but listen that's some ebony excellence we are not only 
shouting him out for investing, being a black business investor, but, you know, procuring another piece of the culture um, and breathing some more life into it so that it lives into the future. Uh, so once again, shout out to Hip Hop Weekly for that sponsorship and shout out to Up Rocks for the article. Now, on to heavier things. Uh, yes, indeed. Um, you know, uh, I'm a fan of John Mayer and he has an album called Heavier Things. Just a side note. I'm stalling because this is kind of a, this is a heavy one. So I'll get right into it. Um, you may have followed the news in recent months and learned of some um, high profile individuals who have committed suicide of those individuals, a good number are black people. And uh, growing up black, suicide in the black community has always been something that's very rare. And a suicide, not to take anything away from anybody who has ever had to deal with suicide or anybody who's ever been suicidal on this show and at this round table, we are all human beings and we lean on each other, right? But it's just more of a rarity in, in our families and in our homes, right? This is, this is how it's been growing up. And so these high profile names uh, and these people who are so accomplished, I think that, well, I know now having researched this a bit, that it's just a window into some of the deeper goings on in the black community, because obviously you're gonna hear about the suicide of, in this case, we're talking about Chesley Christ, who is uh, the lawyer and she was Miss USA 2019, um, leaping from a window in New York City, right after posting on Instagram, may this day bring you rest in peace underneath that's, the selfie that's right? heavy man oh we got we got a few to get through here but this kind of gives you an idea that if someone who can put on that veneer of happiness someone who has for for most people looking for the outside looking in this is a person who has she's a beauty literally a beauty queen uh a lawyer um, she, I think she was working with Entertainment Tonight or doing some some sort of TV show. Yeah, living what appears to be a charmed life. Exactly. You know, um, film, television, beauty pageants. She was an attorney, right? Accomplished, beautiful, successful. Um, you'd never look at her life or look at her and imagine that inside she was dealing with the type of turmoil that would drive you to that. And you talked about the rarity of suicide in, in, the, in Black families, in Black homes, and in, in the Black culture. And I think it comes from a sort of numbness to trauma. That's it. Having been dealing with the worst for so long. That's it. We never felt so low. We were already so low. It was hard to get to depths below that that would right. make you say, I can't be here anymore. Right. Um, there was no bottom to fall out of out of. I guess, b black reality, day-to-day -day life, because you were effectively at the bottom. Yeah. And so being born into it, I think that, the, you know, we talk about this word uh, on this show, but we use this word a lot because I do believe that it is sort of like a badge of honor 
but it's sort of unfortunate when we have to frame real conversations around it. But resilience, you know, there is a resilience uh, to Black people, you know, given our history in this country and the things that we deal with presently and a lot of the systemic oppression and just, you know, there's a lot of environments where Black people live for one reason or another, primarily because of redlining and, and government tactics that, you know, effectively prevented the ac uh, accumulation of wealth and privileged families who weren't black, white folks. There's a great deal of hopelessness in those communities because those red line districts ended up becoming the ghettos. And so if we're talking about the ghetto or the hood, there's a great deal of hopelessness in the hood, you know, and, and then you can associate a lot of really bad things with people that live in those areas. Not to say that other people don't listen, trailer parks have their same, you know, uh, have their problems and so forth. And, you know, we've, we've, we've made this argument many times on the show that there's a good argument to be made about class warfare, but no matter what we live black lives and there's a little bit of difference there and that's why we have a show like this and we will defend those poor people those trailer park people because they're our brothers and sisters too but we have to talk about these things where they are and for for what they are yeah and you use the word hopelessness sure hopelessness is what typically would lead a person to say i don't want to be here anymore right, right. except when you're born into hopelessness there's no, nowhere there's to no, go but up yeah there's nowhere for you to fall right. from Right. So that's why I think historically it's been so rare because the circumstances that most black people are born into, you're already, like we said already, you know, you're at the bottom. So there's nowhere to fall from and feel that sense of to feel the fall yeah. from succeeding and flying. Sure. That drops you into that hopelessness that leads you to, you know, feeling like you can't go on anymore. Now I want to say something neither of us q or me neither of us are mental health professionals in fact we rely heavily on each other for just to kind of make sure that we don't succumb to the pressures of putting together a program like this we have to live through each article and we're both feeling empathetic individuals with beating hearts. And so when we read about a mother who's lost her son or we read about, I mean, we've even seen stuff that's made us, we, you know, remember that video we saw where the police officers were saving those people's lives at the party and they were running and instead of just shooting ramp, they were actually saving people. And we were proud of that. You know, we process a lot of emotional stuff, but most of it is heavy, admittedly. And we have a system where we take turns like, hey, this looks like it might be something we should talk about. Why don't you take it? I took the last one or Q will send it to my way, um, kind of with the same instructions. But I, I don't want to pretend like we know more than we do. We, we feel like on this show, we at least put it in the center of the room and we deal with it. And we're going to go first because we've been given the opportunity to stop the music for a second and deal with the human beings behind the cultures, you know, that the culture that, you know, has caused your radio station to exist in your city. You know, uh, we are a people, we, we're not just rappers and singers and dancers. We do rather more and we are rather more than just those things. And so 
today we're talking about where we are as a people and perhaps some of the things that have caused us to feel an even greater sense of hopelessness. And so I'll move on. Um, I do want to say his name, but he is the son of Regina King. Regina King um, is a, a famous actress. Uh, we, we know who she is, even if screenwriter and director to all those, all the above. She's, she's the truth. Um, her son's name is Ian Alexander Jr. And he took his own life in January uh, on his 26th birthday. Um, and, you know, I, I, here's a post that I have uh, on Regina's 50th birthday. This was in 2021. He put happy birthday to my co. So extremely proud of you inspired by your love, artistry, and gangsta. To be able to watch you take this lifetime by its neck and make it yours is something I will forever be grateful for. But to have you as my mother is the greatest gift I could ask for. To be all that you are while always having the time to be there, love and support me unconditionally is truly remarkable. The whole Marvel universe ain't got S word on you. You're the real superhero. Love you, mom, this day and every day, yo day. So this is a message that Ian Alexander Jr. wrote to his mom on social media on her birthday uh, in 2021. And then earlier this year, he took his own life. And so, the, you know, I, it, from the outside looking in, it always feels like, why would a person do that? And, and, you know, we're often left with more questions than answers, you know, in the wake of someone committing suicide. Um, so, we, I don't, I don't think that we're going to, we're not even trying to solve this or come up with any sort of solutions, but I think that by talking about it, maybe it encourages the conversations in your cities and in your households and, you know, in car rides and just seek someone to talk to because, you know, there's, there's this, you know, we, we get in trouble for saying, for standing up for ourselves as black people saying black lives matter, you know, people say all lives matter. People say, well, why don't you deal with black on black crime? You know what I mean? And we do. It just doesn't get the same type of media coverage as when we stand up to police oppression or government oppression or systemic oppression. Right. Um, and this is another example of us standing up for black lives. We're standing up for black lives against suicide. And this of course will not get the same media attention. I had to compile all these into a segment that now exists as these are not just individual stories now. This is a whole message that we're using this platform to say, hey, there's something happening here. The interesting thing is the polarity hmm. that exists in this story, Okay, right? The same thing that made suicide so rare in the Black community is probably why it's becoming prevalent now, hmm. right? Feeling like there's no one that can relate to how you feel. You don't know a lot of people that outwardly even talk about being depressed mm. let alone wanting to kill themselves mm. and not feeling like you can express that to someone and not be looked at as quote-unquote crazy or not be judged or kind of tossed to the side or disregarded because of your mental issues there's that fear because the stigma that exists around mental health in our communities is a lot different than others there it is Right. So when you don't feel like you can even say out loud that you feel like you're drowning and you just drown by yourself in your own head, in your own feelings. I think it reverses the polarity on that sense of hopelessness. Right. Sure. And you may feel like I was born in it. 
but the idea that I can't get out of it catches up to you. It's too much for me. Now, let me let me make sure I say this because you know I have one more sort of higher profile name in recent months. Uh, in fact, I'll say it right now: Moses J. Mosley, who's famous for playing one of uh, the zombies in The Walking Dead, um, has. Uh, they suspected suicide and he was just 31 years old. So again, mm. a, a young, younger person taking his own life. Now, um, I think what you said, Q, was really important because these are the names that we know. These are the, the sources we can point to. But the fact is, and we'll, we'll get there a little bit uh, further along in the segment, but the fact is that suicides suicide rates for black men and women are rising um i for those that know um i have another show or for those that don't know i guess i have another show that i i do um for uh iheart media and i recently did a segment that i started for civic cipher and you know, they were able to dedicate a lot of resources in, in short order for, for this topic I wanted to do that really had a lot to do with what we're talking about today, mm-hmm. which it basically was mental health for yeah. black people. And so I got tons of statistics. And this isn't really a statistics type of show that you're right. listening to right. right now. So I'm not going to bog you down with statistics in the way that the other show is kind of built around hard numbers. But suffice it to say that this is not a black celebrity segment. This is not a black wealthy people segment, nor is it a black youngish people, youngish people segment, you know, early uh, 30s, late 20s. This is black people in general. And one of the things that I suspected, and you know, it's it's hard to kind of point to what it could be because there's so many things that black people have been resilient about for so long that who knows which piece of the house is crumbling, you know, because the whole thing feels like it's been under a lot of stress. But in the past few years, everybody can point to the pandemic, you know, but in the past few years, even before the pandemic, we dealt with, you know what, starting in 2012, we saw Trayvon Martin, uh, and Trayvon Martin lost his life. And you might not remember this, but the reason that Trayvon Martin was such a big deal is because that was like the 18th time that some black child was killed by police or some other form of law enforcement, you know. And by the time Trayvon Martin's name, you know, made headlines people were fed up with it so much so that the phrase black lives matter was born out of that 18th tragedy in the in the preceding you know few years and obviously you know black people have been getting killed by the police since the beginning of police in this country um so it's not a new story but you know once it gets filmed, once it gets sensationalized, you know, and there's there's a newer era of people that can share things on social media. So Black Lives Matter started out as a hashtag, it caught fire, et cetera. So this is where you see the modern 
movement born, but it started before Trayvon Martin, very much so, right? So that's before the pandemic, right? And then since Trayvon Martin, you listening to my voice right now, you can name six, eight people, black people who lost their lives. Off but the top of your head, probably. But, but there's there's hundreds, you know what I mean? Like Thousands. there's yeah, there you go. Um, because of the nature of the way that policing is done in this country, the police have guns and this is a gun wielding society and it's very different than other places around the world where they don't have those numbers of imprisonment, of police shootings, of school shootings, of whatever, right? Um, and you know, the sad part about this is that there always exists, no matter what, a narrative somewhere, popular narrative somewhere that he deserved it. It was his fault. Or they need to do, they need to get dads in the home. That's a myth. They need to do whatever. I think the most startling thing about Trayvon Martin was that he wasn't killed by law enforcement. Yeah, yeah. He was killed by a citizen pretending who to deemed be. himself a vigilante or a crime fighter or a crime stopper or and Batman that, or whatever he thought he was doing. He walking around free pursued this kid and killed him yeah so for everyone who says that all lives matter you can't find an example like that of anything other than a black child yeah where they'd be pursued by a person talking to law enforcement being told by law enforcement not to pursue them pursuing them anyway killing them and living the rest of his days free showing us how insignificant our lives are, forcing us to not state or declare, but almost plead like, hey, you guys, like we matter, right? And for that to be met with, well, you know, all lives matter. Every, everybody matters. Yeah. I remember Tommy Lorenz called it the Black Lives Matter More movement. And I'm like, who said that? Anyway, this is our reality. Um, I do want to I, I, I want to shout this page out. Um, it's a it's an Instagram page, but we follow it. Um, it's called Black Media Page. And this was kind of like the nexus of this segment. So I have a blurb from them. Um, how scientific it is or not, um, you know, I don't know. I believe it to be so, but that's not what I just want to make sure that it's stated because that's where the idea originated. Um, they have a post that said um, black male suicides are rising faster than any other racial group. Uh, I think I've read that somewhere else, too. While I was researching this. Um, while rates of suicide and anxiety have risen sharply during the pandemic, a recent study from the journal JAMA finds that suicide attempts have been rising at an alarming rate long before COVID-19. The study found black males had the highest increase in suicide attempts compared to any other race in the group, increasing nearly 80%. The study said young black men face financial hardship, among other stressors, and may have untreated mental health needs. I also want to mention the ex-president and his um, supporters and the, and the tone that was reintroduced into the country and the alarming response to what could be described as black people versus the police. 
you know, um, because police are not losing their lives at the same rate as black people. And if they are, if they do lose their lives, there is some accountability built into the equation for the person that takes the police officer's life. And, and, and sadly, or strangely enough, some of that accountability comes at the hands of the police in the same way. They, they, their retribution, they seek it out themselves. There you go. You're talking about violent accountability, not just being brought to justice, mm. but sometimes hunted down and killed like a revenge tactic from a gang. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm from California, so the police were often regarded in the same way as street gangs because oftentimes they behaved in such a way. But, you know, there's a lot of things going on in the world. Fortunately, I think that we're moving toward a more positive, you know, uh, state of the country, but we need to have conversations. We need to have friends. We need to share information. We need to seek out mental health. And this is our contribution to making sure that none of those things feel, um, strange, but this is a good enough time for us to take a pause for the call. So stick around. We're coming back with more civic cipher right after this.